Hello, we're live. All right, welcome to another debrief. Uh, what are we at, number seven or eight at this point? We're live. Nice to see you trucking along right. still, making welcome some progress here on uh, the old weekly recaps. Uh, the matches also, uh, there are going to be less, I suppose, in a way, because we are hitting the end of the season here, and then we're going to be going to two lands, which hopefully we'll be able to kind of work some podcasts around so we can kind of recap some of that stuff because that's going to be a lot of <laughs> land play. So that should be interesting. Obviously, uh, I'm going to be both of those. I'm not sure if Helby will be able to be both those. I think probably will be able to be at Atlantic City, maybe? Helby, no? I, I don't know yet. It's going to be hard. Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, we need to take uh, a couple day off for it, maybe. Uh, if, I, if I ever go, it's going to be, like, by car. Just driving there. Yes. It's about 10 hours. It's yeah, not it's, that it's bad for a weekend, but, you know. Yeah, I could. It could take a minute, but uh, a minute. it should be good, though. It should. I mean, now that we know every team that are going to be there, definitely yeah, so going to be interesting. A, I mean, not a lot guess, of upset this week, aside from Millennium well, and 1-Up. Yeah, the 1-Up Millennium, yeah, I would definitely say that's that's the biggest upset. Although, th there was some ones that the score lines doesn't really, like, reveal until you look at it, like... Uh, I mean, obviously, we're kind of just jumping to the matches, but Liquid versus Team 1 was one of those ones where it was like a 6-5-6-5. Six, five, six, five. So it was like, yeah, it was a 2-0, but it was like the edge of the 2-0. It was close, yeah. I mean, so. more often than not, <clears throat> the score itself doesn't show a whole lot about a game. Sometimes it's even closer, but like every round is close, but the attacking yeah. team or the defense team, team just win it all by a clutch or whatever. And sometimes even a game that's like 5-2, five, 5-3 five, is just close game still. Yeah. I mean, looking at the infographic stuff helps a little bit with that when you look at the actual the players and the scores and all that. But I almost feel like we need a better way to like represent how close rounds were. Like some other, some other met set of metrics or something. Because I, it would be interesting to see like a bit better, like a, a way to have a nice overview of like, oh, this match was a 2-0, but it was really close in these rounds because of this. Or, I mean, I guess that's technically our job here, but... Like, you know, maybe that's something we can work towards for uh, for CGG for the future is just expanding the way to display kind of the weekend recap. But I think, yeah, uh, it's definitely the numbers more often than not are not showing a lot uh, when it comes to score or just the impact you have on a team. Because a lot of it is, yeah. you know, just communication, just playing your role. And if your role is not frag heavy, well, it's it's hard to quantify um, the impact you have on a game especially when you don't have communication and i mean we don't have access to it so it's there there's a lot of stuff coming in to play in rainbow six that uh determines if, whether you you did well or no yeah i mean obviously the meta shifts over like time not just between seasons but also during the season really like i feel like there's there was quite a few things we've seen shifting throughout this season um, like, I feel like while Lion is still kind of a pain, like we're seeing teams learning to deal with it better a lot of times and uh, just kind of working out uh, different ways to play their defenses or some teams leaning too heavily, for example, on Lion and, and it kind of uh, weakening their attacks overall, things like that. So it's, I don't know, it's been interesting to watch it develop, although obviously he's going to get the nerf at some point. Probably not. I would imagine mid-season reinforcements. Um, which obviously is not happening during the play days, but may happen before LAN. So I, I'm curious if we'll see uh, if he's going to get nerfed before LAN, we could see the meta shift even more for Atlantic City and uh, Austin. 
We could, but I mean, some teams are just ready for it. If you look at Rogue, they did pretty well without even using uh, Lion all that much. I mean, they still used it, uh, used them this season. Yeah. Um, and in the last two weeks, but, uh, you know, they're, they're not relying on Lion to be good. And, well, I'm sure whatever happened, they'll be ready anyway. So that's going to be a team to look for, especially if they switch it up. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like uh, a team like Rogue is going to have extra strength going into uh, the uh, LAN events if that nerf is in place, which is, you know, that'll be nice because, I mean, while EG are a strong team either way, I do feel like they have been using Lion fairly consistently, and I don't think BC has been terribly impressive on Lion. I mean, I'm not <laughs> expecting a lot necessarily. It's like the Lion player is generally going to be playing it back. He's going to be watching an angle or working a drone or whatever to stay alive and use his thing. So in that sense, he's been doing his job, but it's just we've seen so much good play from BC in the past, and to sit him on That's a lion roll has kind of felt... Especially like at the Invitational. That was just yeah. wonderful. Just his like, grenade and explosive plays yeah. in general. I can't it's... wait to see Lion nerf just so he can play something else. Right? Exactly. I think the main reason why I want to see Lion nerf right now is to see BC do ex like something else yeah. on Buck, or just you know put him on the roll that he was actually having a Maybe not a bigger impact, because he's having one right now still, but, I mean, yeah. something that's fun to look at, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, in his place, though, to be fair, like people like Young have been stepping it up even more. Like, Young was always a good player, but, like, he was he was doing a lot more support stuff sometimes in previous seasons. And he's always, like, a decent fragger, but he wasn't necessarily playing the roles to do that. And I feel like uh, this season especially, and maybe a little bit back in Invitational, he's really been stepping it up. Like, NVK is... is Usually fairly on, although sometimes hot and cold, but uh, well, hot and cold was on the other team, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, but Young definitely been stepping it up, and, and it's just uh, I would like to see BC able to kind of get in that place again as well. And I think uh, maybe uh, once that nerf is in place, we'll see a bit more spread across the team. But yeah, I mean, <clears throat> and I don't know. I mean, yeah, I I don't think they will change uh, Lion before the season like that at all. I think they were willing to wait even more now because, like, they, they say they were not going to be doing mid-season reinforcement or whatever, which is kind of weird, but... Well, so, no, that what this... Just to be clear to everyone that that completely must, misunderstood what they said. So, clearly, what they were saying was we are not going to do the big operator... Yeah. Like, redos, the big, huge revamps, like, where they literally change, like, an operator by adding, like, a new feature, like what they did with Doc or Capcan or... Uh, or even that the one Twitch one they did, or the the Glass one, like all those kind of ones are not going to be happening mid season because they're too big of a change. However, they still said operator balancing will still be okay. So the idea is like if they needed to do something with like uh, like Lion. Lion, for example, they still will. It's just that's not a huge huge change, but it is one to kind of balance it. Unfortunately, it obviously didn't happen mid season of the play seasons, but maybe mid season of the three months. I'm not sure. Uh, where that falls calendar-wise and when they'll actually do it. Because, unfortunately, they haven't even put it on the TTS yet. So it's like, it'll be... Yeah. I don't know if it'll be, like, live-live or they'll do TTS first. It's hard to say. I mean, they did a TTS test for the Lions changes and accidentally for the drop shot and the yeah. recoil stuff. So, like, they they have tested some stuff, but I don't think that was finished version stuff. That, uh, I mean, I, I, I'd really be surprised if they nerf Lion before land, but I think it would be a welcome change, especially coming from the well, pros that are kind of tired of it. There is at least two lands with about a two-week gap between yeah, them. Yeah, that's true. So there is a chance that if we don't see it before Atlantic City, we might see it before Austin at least. 
um because you i would think that like usually they release the uh the the dlc uh, after the uh the land events like usually mm -hmm. right after although they've been doing it on tts for so so yeah. that makes me think that if they the, okay logically it doesn't make any sense to do a mid-season reinforcement after atlantic city because that's when you're already getting ready for the dlc release so to me it makes a lot more sense to do it maybe right after relegations it's hard to say like because otherwise you're doing it kind of too close to the dlc release that it's kind of pointless at that point it's not a mid-season reinforcement anymore so I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't know what their actual schedule is. There's no, yeah. Even if I did, it probably is too, flux, like, too in flux anyway, so. Yeah, I mean, we're starting to see some leaks about the new operator, so I guess it's coming, because usually we see them maybe a month before release, and that's yeah. pretty much where we're at right now. Like, close to a month, month and maybe a week or two, uh, depending on when they release it on the TTS, but I mean, it's coming. It's gonna shake up the meta, probably. Probably not. I don't know. Yeah. If they nerf Lion with that patch, this is probably the biggest change we'll have. And, uh, you know, new format, less Lion, help me in. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. The chances are that won't be the only change, right? The, they're likely to do more than one. Oh, probably, um, yeah. So mm -hmm. I would like, I would really like to see the drop shotting thing in there, though, because mm -hmm. I know mm -hmm. we still see tons and tons of drop shotting in Pro League, because why wouldn't you do it when it's a thing? Like, I, you're kind of handicapping yourself if you don't, but. It, all the pros would be happy for it to not be a thing. I like how they were going with uh, drop shotting, and they said, "Yeah, it was not supposed to be in a TTS, but it's there. So give us feedback." And the only feedback I have is just put it in a game already. It's it's good. I think that's what everyone said. <laughs> There's no problem with it. Just put it in there. There's very few people whining about it. I think overall it was like, "Yeah, this is good." Which is which is surprising for any kind of change that's usually made to this game. It's usually there's a kind of mixed bag, or, but I think that was overall one of the better. Uh, changes in terms of in that like, TTS, everyone yeah. universally agreeing with it mm -hmm. i mean it's it's simple yet efficient so why not yeah exactly well we'll see and that, and that may even affect how certain operators are played and stuff like that in the future we'll see yeah but, uh, a lot of people are gonna have to change a bit how they play because uh some people still rely on drop shotting in their uh the way they, they engage in fights which is a strong way to play right now, so why not? But uh, as soon as the, the drop shot kind of get nerfed, you're, you you might uh, have a bad habit of do still doing it and lose gunfight because yeah. of it. Pretty much. It sounds like uh, there's some discussion in the chat about Mavs uh, or Mav or whatever's uh, two semi-aces, like his technical ace and his regular ace. So yeah, to, just to be clear for anyone who didn't catch it, uh, Mav got one regular ace and then one technical ace, as Kix put it, because one of the players he downed but didn't finish. So mm. I consider that technical. I consider that an ace as long as they won that round, then that person died either way. So like it doesn't matter. So yeah, I would say he got two aces <laughs> essentially, which is amazing. Like it was a very very good play. In the weekday, yeah. That's so. uh, yeah, impressive. But uh, I think we can move on to uh, the first match of the last week, which was yeah. North America, EG against SK. Yeah, we were talking a little bit about it already. We were talking about uh, Young and stuff like that. Um, it was it was nice to see in some ways a reversal on in terms of who was doing well in SK. Because mm -hmm. we've kind of seen everyone get a turn. We saw Min have a really good week. We saw Pojo have a good week. We saw Hot and Cold have a good week. This time it was Jarvis and Adam's turn. Well, especially Adam with that uh, that Vigil Ace like that he pulled out of a... Uh, hiding in the little storage electrical room oh there. yeah that was, that was good i mean everyone the, enjoyed that this was planned all the way up to the beginning because you see hot and cold playing in stock room uh at the beginning with the hatch open just trying to you know 
get all their drones towards him and all the attention on him so people don't focus on uh, Adam, who was hiding in a cardboard box. And, well, that worked out wonderful as uh, Adam got an ace, I think, on that round. Yeah, Jarvis has a good visual play as well. So I think, I've like, Vigil has been a strong operator overall for SK. I'd say they're one of the teams that's been using Vigil really well. Um, so between those two, you got to see that for sure. So that was that was a good week for them. Unfortunately, it was not a great week score-wise because it was still a 2-0 from EG. It was still, yeah. I believe, a 5-2. 5-1, I feel like in this or case, no. it's not representing a whole lot oh, of yeah, how the game went. Essentially a 5-2, 5-2. It, it felt <laughs> closer than that a bit to me. Yeah, it really did because, again, it was like one of those things where you don't necessarily see how close the rounds were just from the scores. Um, and I think SK have, have made a strong showing, but unfortunately only two get to land, so... Yeah, but, um, I mean, judging by their tweet and how they talked about the game afterwards, I, I think they're happy with, like, where the team is right now. I, I hope they're going to Austin, think it's, at least. I think it's going to improve, yeah. I think they're they're on the right path to, you know, figure out what works for them. I'd like to see... Uh, could you imagine a week where all of them do well, though? Then that would be a good week for SK, for sure. Yeah, consistency is so probably their turn. biggest weakness right now. Yeah, I feel like uh, Mint's maybe been leaning it too much on Blitz. He's a really good Blitz, but like I feel like they keep pulling that out when like nothing else is working, and uh, and maybe that maybe they need a better backup than that because it doesn't seem to work as well now as it did at the beginning of the season. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, like I said, it, it feels like they're slowly coming on the right path. They figure like the roles and how they want to play the games. It felt like a lot like sharper than previous weeks and maybe month uh yeah looking forward to see them play again next uh, season for sure and hopefully in austin i hope so like i would like to see that that'd be great um, and i mean in the meantime we we'll see eg again austin at all so eg still looking good still adapting just you know force to reckon with in na for sure again like they're they're gap where they were not all that great when they picked up BC uh, about a couple months ago. They definitely improved on that, and right now they're they on a good spot where they're really, really hard to, to beat. And it's going to be interesting to see at land. I mean, they lost kind of through the final at uh, the Invitational, and hopefully they can redeem themselves this uh, at this land, and maybe in Austin even. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, there was also um, Rogue SSG was a was a really good match. SSG though was uh, not not doing as well as I would have liked for sure. That <laughs> Me was neither. like a it was Thinking Nade and then four other guys. <laughs> Pretty much. much. Like I mean, Thinking Nade wasn't like a god or something, but compared to the rest of his team, like it felt like he was the only one really showing up, which was uh, unfortunate for that team. I think Nade usually does pretty well, <laughs> but it was like this was a really bad day for Redeemer, and I think. That definitely costs the team a lot because he's a good player. And some of the other players just not doing as well. I mean, Dave's been kind of not really doing great most weeks, unfortunately. He's kind of the off-and-on player. And, like, uh, I feel like if they had had King Leo in his place, like, they'd be doing better um, overall, unfortunately. And Chala also didn't have a great day. Um, it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't his best. He still played okay, but... <sighs> I mean, we were speaking of consistency with SK, and that's probably the case with SSG again. Um, yeah it it's either they start like super late in the game they struggle to just get started and just like you know get up to pace with the other team and then they just try to do good but when you play against a team like rogue they're not gonna let yeah. you like 
they're not going to give anything to you. So if you yeah. you don't take it all, you're just going to get shut down, and that's pretty much what happened there. Five two five yeah. two. Trippin did okay at least too. So like I mean, some of the yeah. better players did did okay, but but like Redeemer and Chala not doing as great as usual. Couple nutty play on a uh, couple nutty play on Mira for sure on Border. Yeah, as far as Rogue goes though, like. There's been some good consistency there for the most part with like mm -hmm. easily showing up every single week. Like he's the outside of Geo, he's the newest member and like he just shows up every single time. Like without a doubt. Like he is the most consistent best player on that team. Um I mean Geo does okay. Uh Slash actually I think showed up a bit more this time. Like I don't know, like I don't want to I don't want to judge Slash's play too much because I feel like he dies a lot, but he I feel like sometimes he's dying doing what he's supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. There's and a reason to his death. Yeah, we, and we don't always know the strat, so it's like I feel like sometimes I judge his deaths probably a little more harshly than I should because I think uh, he's really helping the team out and doing what he's supposed to be doing. It, but in that same regard, I can't say the same for Eclipse, which is unfortunate because I, I, uh, I know Eclipse is capable of a lot better than what we've been seeing, and he's just been dying really early a lot. And I can't imagine yeah. that's to the benefit of the team when you die that early. So I, I'm wondering what's going on with him. I, I'm not sure if... Uh, if just the roles he's playing are just not working out as well, but he's still, I mean, even playing roles that he seemed comfortable on before, I, I'm just not seeing the uh, the Eclipse that I, I expect, and I hope that uh, whatever it is, he can correct it, because he's a fantastic player. And hopefully it was just an off day for him, because, uh, you know, for Rogue, it's scary. If you can win that strongly against SSG, and a player like Echo is basically doing nothing the whole yeah, game. Yeah, that means they're all strong. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to play rogue on a good day, where where yeah, Echo is on a good day. I don't. It's definitely a team that's uh, come up and fixed their fixed any of their weaknesses. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of it has to do with uh, easily joining. Like I think it's bringing yeah. a lot of structure to the team and just you know general in-game um, consistency in how they play, communication, and just you know yeah. getting everything to work together as as well as it. As it as it is right now, yeah. And from what we hear too, Geo is also like uh, a really smart player that brings a lot of intelligence to the team as well. So I think they're bringing a lot of smarts and fragging power together. And I think uh, they're going to get up to giving SSG, or I mean, SSG, EG, a run for their money um, yeah. come these LAN events, especially if they're in both and like in different brackets and have a chance to play each other early or late. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be good. I mean, uh, there's the seeding match this week, right? Um, yeah, and I don't know if that'll be on stream or not. I don't think it will be uh, oh, on no. the mainstream. Come on, we want to see it. It's Rogue against EG. It's going to be a good game. Well, generally the seeding matches are not good games. Yeah, I guess. Yes. Well, if you think about it, like, you don't want to use your good strats. No, for sure, but you can still play, play default and just, you know, try some new yeah, stuff. Yeah, but then that's, that's like watching uh, 10 mans at that it point. It is. Mm -hmm. So I, I get we'll it. see, though. We'll see. Uh, I mean, there are uh, Challenger League matches as well, Challenger League finals, so I'm not sure that those yeah. will be on the mainstream or what, but... As uh, I think everyone was expecting, it... Beast Coast is making it to the relegation, which is good. Yeah, I as, uh, uh, I know Noble played good as well, but I'm not sure if they're in position for that or not. I don't uh, know if they're the other top. No, Noble I'll won against you. Orglis, and yeah. I was kind of surprised uh, Noble would win that. I Noble thought Orglis had this. Uh, the match between Noble and Beast Coast, if I, if I remember correctly, was pretty good as well. 
if there was I don't one, remember. I'm not mis misthinking that. But right now in relegation, it's Noble and Beast Coast, and I gotta say it, Noble was I, I, Noble was surprising. Winning just 5-0 like that against Orglass in uh, yeah. Oregon was crazy. I never saw that coming. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, already, like, you know, the, the teams that are going to be in relegations for Pro League haven't been doing so great. So I feel like there's a chance we'll see Beast maybe Coast a new team. Maybe Noble mm -hmm. get in. Depending on the seeding and who plays against two, I think it's possible we see Beast Coast. Um, yeah. I think it's very in. likely. Um, just because the bottom of the pro league's weak, and they've they've been very pretty strong, and they bring some pro league experience. Um, Spuck points out too. Part of the reason that you're not seeing as much of the seeding matches is because they don't matter for next season because the format's different and all that. So mm -hmm. there, that is a thing. Also, uh, as Fisher brings up, the uh, the other two teams from EU coming in, one of which a lot of people should be familiar with, know. is I don't know who uh, who should be barred from playing until they come up with a real name. Shredded um, their way in there. <laughs> and then uh and then supremacy who are not obviously the same supremacy who are now vitality but uh another team picked up by the supremacy org mm -hmm. so that's good for supremacy picking up at least another team that has some potential to get in there yeah i mean definitely looking forward to see uh see the relegation game of i don't know this is a team that yeah. sadly lost their spot in pl and uh hopefully they'll get it back because it's a team that and honestly just Looking at it this way, I think it was good for the team to just like get relegated back in Challenger League, just so they can, yeah. you know, start over, focus, start new, and just right now they're looking stronger than they were last season in Pro League. Yeah. Way, way, way stronger. So there, there's a possibility we'll see there them in Pro League. I, I think it's likely. I mean, I don't remember who's I don't remember who's going to relegations from EU, but if it's the team like Oplon or something, I can see. I think it is. I don't know beating them. And uh, Finn says uh, Supremacy is uh, ex-Dislone players, which sounds about right. I don't remember 100% because I don't track EU Challenger League all that well. Um, but uh, I think that's that's probably correct. I will be double-checking everything before we go to cast any of those relegations matches. But um, Oh, Ents is the other team. That's right. Oplon and Ents. Right. Okay. Yeah, I can see Oplon going out. Ents just needs to get their act together is all. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I mean, I think we've seen a tweet this week from... Uh... People over at Ants saying they're feeling good and they swapped out roles. So something new, different way of playing the game, and hopefully it works for them. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see if Ants can get it back to the way they were. I would love to see them stay. But if they can't, then they probably should just get relegated outsidely. Yeah, this week was not this week, but this season for them was really, really weak. Yeah, really bad. But uh, moving on to Latin America, who I guess their Challenger League isn't fully decided maybe yet. We had uh, some interesting matches this week. I mentioned one of them earlier, which was the Liquid versus Team One. Uh, as me and uh, Parker were saying, I think Team One is a bit underrated. Um, that were, I believe, Roger Hino before. They uh, they played really well. They brought it to six five six five for Liquid, and some of that was due to like them actually getting the plant down a lot as a team. Like I think out of everyone, they got the plant down the most out of any team this week. Because I, if I remember looking, I was looking at the stats. It was like five plants for them or something like that, which was like way more than anyone else yeah five plants down by just gdn himself uh compared to everyone else pretty like, good i mean there was some other teams that got five like liquid also got five plants down from two different players so it was like they both got a lot of plants down but i think i think they made those really close matches because of those and uh and i i look forward to one one up sticking around or not one up team one i look forward to one up as well but uh team one sticking around and actually like being a really strong team maybe next season if they don't disband and they just like keep doing what they're doing Whereas Liquid, I think, is still weaker than they should be. Uh, they're still kind of 
not playing as great as they did before last invitational i think um i haven't had a whole lot of time to go around latin america i usually watch it while being somewhat attentive doing other stuff just so i'm at least somewhat exposed to it but uh i mean phase and liquid i think it was predictable to see those two teams going to uh atlantic so yeah i don't think there's a big surprise there I mean, it makes the most sense in the sense that uh, obviously, Liquid is the team that beat Phase, so it makes mm-hmm. sense to have Liquid in Phase, like just logically between those two. But it is a uh, sometimes disappointing to see some of those other teams playing pretty well. Like Black Dragons not going, I think, is a big surprise to some people. But it was up against Phase, and Phase are well, so looking strong. Looking good. They're looking good. Yeah. So outside of the match against Liquid, they've been looking great. So, and I mean, there's not much to say there. It's just two strong teams. They know each other they've been playing together for a while like dragon i think have been playing together too but they need to figure it out and yeah. as a whole like we said previous week uh brazil just feels more buggish than uh, yeah. NANEU. it's and it's been a bad season for latin america it's yeah I, th- I thought this season would be theirs especially with the way you know attack well, is offensive freezes, you know yeah freezes all those uh agitated yeah. players that like to move around a lot yeah, I guess that's it. I, I I thought it would go the other way, and like some teams would just figure it out and be super aggressive. But I guess it has just... gone the other way because defense wins a lot more, I think, in Latin America than some of the other regions. Maybe not stats wise, I'm not sure, but I feel like I see a lot more rounds go defensive wise on certain maps and bomb sites than I do for other regions. Yeah, they just to me they don't feel as coordinated and just you know they, it feel like I said puggish, just yeah. weird. Really I don't know. Sense. I don't know what happened there, but. It's you know they'll they'll figure it out at some point hopefully, yeah. and they'll definitely I, show up at Atlantic I hope. I don't I don't see them showing up very strong in Atlantic City, but at the same time like maybe if Lion is nerfed before that we may see change ups and who plays well you know because we have seen obviously the meta shift you know making some teams stronger or weaker, so it's possible we could see them do better. But I just don't feel like this is uh, a season for Latin America to even make it to the grand finals at the uh, the land event. I don't see more than even one of them may be going to Austin. So they're probably not looking at a land till for at least six months for them that they do well at. That's harsh. That's harsh. I know. It's harsh. But they have, they have BR6 all the time. They have lands yeah, they all do. the time. So it's, mm-hmm. it's only fair, right? It's only fair. I, I would honestly, being in North America, I would like to see uh, one of the two lands go over to North American team. Obviously, I'm biased because I'm North American myself, and I get a little bored of just watching Penta win all the time. It's but, getting uh, old. Yeah, it's it's getting a little old. Although this is the season that's been a bit of a struggle for them. They uh, so they their match mm-hmm. this week, for example, against Vitality, they dropped the map. The week before that, I believe it was, they dropped the map. So it's been, and that was a uh, was that the one against uh, Millennium where they dropped the map as well, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. But uh, Millennium is the other team that's going, so it's, it's uh, I guess not as bad. But still, it was like it's just not been a great. Uh, Season for them. I was just talking to Shaz right before the uh, that we started the thing, and he was. I was, you know, trying to figure out like what it was is is it that's going on with Penta that they um, are struggling so much this season. And I think uh, he, he kind of just said it was it was mostly Lion kind of mixing up how they play and sometimes in in lowering the skill ceiling a little bit, kind of making other teams a little closer <laughs> to them. Yeah. And also that some of the players just like to move a lot more, and now they're kind of being constrained in their play style and kind of hurting team morality. So, I mean, all those things seem to track kind of what with what we've seen in terms of some of the stiffness of the play and sometimes uh, some issues with playing a little sloppier. Uh, so I, I feel like 
especially if there's a lion nerf before invitational. That'd be great. Or not invitational, but I mean land that Penta are going to show up even stronger at land. Um, I, I mean, lion is definitely lowering the skill gap. That's for sure. Um, yeah. It's still going to use this too much of a crutch, though. You see, seventeen. It really is. He is. It, it it could be way worse than that. I think. But I mean, please don't make it worse. Just. Yeah. You know, nerf him so we don't have to play him, and then after that, there's going to be ban phase, and if you don't want to play him, just ban him. Yeah, you know, it's going to be good. But uh, speaking of the pink, the Penta versus uh, Vitality, holy crap, Pangu carrying was... super hard. That was like, a great game. A plus eighteen for that match. Yeah, like that's nuts. crazy. Uh, so he he definitely had a good good match for sure. It... Goga and Junus have been kind of taking turns struggling a little bit, though, sadly. Peng Pengu is probably one of the most consistent player out there. It's yeah, it's crazy. It's always it's, good. What's interesting is the flexibility of his roles, too. You'll see him kind of swap out roles with other people and stuff like that and just do really well with a variety of things. Like, you see him do well with, like, Monty, and you're like, what? So, I don't know. Fabian's been showing up pretty well this season, though. He's not always, like, top fragging or anything, but, like, for someone that, you know... It doesn't necessarily have to be their top fragger. He's been doing pretty well. Shate's been a little up and down. I think so. There's there's some rounds where he really shows up, and some rounds where like I'm maybe a little disappointed. But it depends on what he's trying to do. And it, I mean, I think it, like you said, and when you were talking to Shaz, I think it all comes down to you know Lion disrupting a lot of how yeah. they play. It, but I mean, <laughs> just looking at it, I love seeing Vitality play. It's just refreshing to see something new. I know a lot of people don't like it because, you know, it's slow, methodic. Not much happened until the very last second of the game. But when you take time to look at it, it's just... It, it's it's perfect sometimes. They just set up. People watch... Like I'm, I'm just going to take an example at some point. There's a glass outside of windows. Most of the time you'll see... He's going to need to open the window to look into blue of coastline. But he's not doing it. He's waiting 30 to 45 seconds so his team prep. And when his team is finally ready to do it, he opens it. But usually what you'll see from people is just open it and while your team's set up, just try to get a pick. Then they end up dying and then their push kind of messed up. But Vitality, they're just so patient and they don't do anything <laughs> until everyone on the team is ready. And when they're ready, there's five seconds left on a countdown. But it still works because they're pushing from five different sides and the defenders are all focused on the bomb planning and they just get caught off in like rotation and just from behind. It's 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 just good and it's refreshing to see that. Yeah, I mean, it seems like Zephyr has been kind of struggling outside of sometimes his glass play. Uh, and that's been a little hard to watch because I think he's a really good player, but sometimes he's, I don't know, been, especially that match, same with uh, Rafael. It was just not as good as we'd expect. But, like, Spark and Brid and Bibu have all been really showing up really well this season. Bibu. Like, Brid had a really good week last week, for example. And uh, Bibu's pretty much always showing up. And Spark has been really good as well. So I, I think if they can just get Rafael and Zephyr to show up as consistently as the other three do, Vitality definitely have a shot at maybe going to the next land. I mean, I think this season, if the final match of this bracket was not Penta Vitality... I think we would have seen Vitality and Penta going yeah. to Atlantic well, I mean, for sure. I, I guess then the other option would have been maybe Vitality 1-Up or something. If if that had gone down, it might have been interesting to see how that shook out. But I was surprised to see how poorly 1-Up did. But it was interesting in regards to the conversation during the interview 
with uh, Livin because he was saying, you know, that they work because because Milos had brought up their problems with dealing with roamers, and mm -hmm. Livin had said they've been working on that, and that really showed up. Like that showed just like that focus on them changing that up and improving that led to them getting uh, a 2-0. So that was even even Hicks did good. Uh, like even you know, comparatively, so it was just I don't know. It was a lot, a lot better for them. Like overall, all of Millennium did pretty good that one. Whereas like outside of Rips, most of One Up kind of struggled. Like like they're playing the roams and stuff like that. The just the way they were just did not work. And then Para, of course, I don't know. He's he he can really have some really good days as a roamer. And then there's days where you just get shut down time and time and time and time again, and just doesn't do anything other than die. It seems. And yeah, that was when that happened. That one, that was one of those days where you know everything yeah. One Up was doing, it was nothing alike the game they did against uh, Digital Chaos, where they looked yeah. super strong. They look, you know, they they played as a team. It felt like it was one player controlling the, oh, the five operators at once, and it was just well placed. The timing were good. And now it just felt sloppy a bit compared to what yeah. we were used to see. From well, I them. feel like maybe and Millennium did study what they done yeah previously so, so maps they played i can't tell if it's you know one up just not showing up or millennium just big time showing up this time i think it was a little bit of both i think millennium showed up more than they expected and i think that kind of weakened what they were doing and they didn't have a backup plan would be my guess because they weren't switching roles a lot in the ways that suggested they had other strats other than like oh we'll attack penthouse from hall of fame instead of from the stairs yeah you know like it didn't seem like there was a huge amount of switch-ups, and I think some lack of flexibility is ultimately what cost them, because Millennium seemed ready for what they were doing, but... Uh, no, and I mean, I, the strategy used on this were, you know, usual one. Some things we're all comfortable to look at, we all know what's going on, we can predict what's going on, and it was pretty much, you know, the whole game. Nothing new came out of that one. Yeah, so, but, I don't know, I look forward to them next season, for sure. If they oh, don't yeah. change much up, I think they could be really strong. I think they still gotta figure out like the right place for Para to be playing his roams correctly. Like, cause they were even on a three man roam and still somehow just, uh, I don't know. Millennium's boot camping really paid off, I guess. If, I, I expect if they could just be a little more flexible. I mean, to be fair, KS said they did change some things going into that match. And obviously some of those didn't work, but they didn't seem like they had a, 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 something to go back to or to, I don't know. Al that alternative. Was, was lack of flexibility, yeah. Yeah. It, it just felt this way for real. It's uh, unfortunate because I was really seeing one up just winning this one. Yeah, but, I uh, thought they I were going to be going. I'm glad I'm wrong. I'm always glad to be proven wrong like that. Yeah, I mean, Millennium have been working for this for a while, and they seem like they, they've been really fixing a lot of their issues, and, uh, and that's paying off for them. I mean, they, they gave a good run for the money to Penta and then stepped it up even more, and so I mm -hmm. guess in that sense, it's not a surprise to see them now going. See them. Yeah. So it's been a while for them outside of like, uh, I think, Invitational that they've gone to one of these season finals. So it's been a while like for going sure. Back to Yunctus. Oh, Yunctus. So Oof. memory. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, I, I wanted to come back to Penta and uh, Vitality. Yeah. I think right now those are the number one and number two in EU. And it's just unfortunate. Uh, the seeding was. A little bit messed up because it's the seeding from uh, a couple of months ago, back uh, from the season that started around September well, of 2017. Next season, no more problems with seeding brackets, yeah. groups, any of that, any of that jazz. Because that's yeah, that's cost a lot of people land spots and things like that because of the way the brackets went down. 
but we don't have brackets next season. Everyone plays everyone twice. And that, I think, will shake out a lot more fair. Outside of the fact that maybe if, like, the DLC that comes out in the middle of the season somehow favors one team more than another, like, that could affect the second set of round robins, but... Yeah, maybe. Outside of that... The format is still interesting. Seeing everyone play against everyone twice in six months is is good. Yeah. And who knows, maybe we'll even see it to where, like, they, they just don't bring in the new operators right away into the mid-season, like, for the second half, if they just leave them out and say, like, we'll rotate them in for the season after. And I mean, like, if, if, if you really, really don't want to play with the new operators, you can just ban them on the next season. So you don't That's have to true. really worry about it. Yeah, good point. You're not good comfortable. So maybe in... they will. Maybe they will leave them in then. Yeah, I mean, maybe it, it depends on all the team. It's going to be a mess to scrim right now because uh, yeah. if you want to practice against a specific uh, strategy, you really can't. So you really, really need to focus on adaptability and just yeah. figuring out things mid-game and just being able to shut down whatever comes at you. Absolutely. It'll it'll be interesting. I mean, we have the Lion nerf coming, so hopefully a ban won't have to be wasted on Lion in the future. Yeah. And people could just focus on whether or not it's worth banning any of the new operators that come out in the next DLC. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if we'll get anything as, uh, as game-shifting as Lion, but hopefully it does have a positive influence on the meta. So we'll see. Hopefully. But I, I, I do think everyone is a little worried that uh, the Glazig meta will just come back uh, when Lions nerfed, that that's still going to be a thing. So I don't know if the new ops will affect that or not. But uh, they are defensive ops, so that will be against two, yeah. you know the two offensive ops. So there's a chance that if one of them does positively affect that meta, that we could see that at least tempered a little bit and not be a terrible thing. Although I feel like even even with all the hype around that, we're not seeing it as much. Like we're seeing kind of either those two ops more individually than together, which is uh, surprising considering you know how well they work together, but. Teams do what teams want to do. You only get five operators, no matter how many are interesting to you. That's true. And, I mean, you only get two bans, too. One, one offense, yeah. one defense. So you can somewhat ban what you don't like, but there's oh, man, a I limit wish to would, it. I would love if they would, like, debut that system at Austin. Maybe not at the finals for cool. the season, but at, but at Austin, where teams aren't necessarily playing off of their season records and kind of get a chance to kind of give teams that can adapt fast the ability to really showcase it. it, it I don't know, maybe I could push them on that if they have that build ready. There's definitely going to be a show match with it at LAN. Yeah. It, it, it's like a new feature that's releasing for the next season. So I'm assuming they get a new map, you put a couple player in there, and you just give them, all right, here's the ban phase, and here's how it works. It's in-game. Have fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to bug BK about that and be like, let's let's really introduce that. Let's tell teams now and introduce that, please. That'd be cool. Uh, and I mean, That I, would be a good debut. I, I think the pro... Um, Pro player show match, uh, all-star match, sorry. That's what I was looking for. I think the all-stars match was a big success, and I, I hope, hope I they do more. Again. That was fun. I hope they do more, because that game was fantastic. Yeah, that was, honestly, though, like, that was a, a long shot in being a good game. There was a good chance that could have been a terrible, terrible match. Yeah, it could have been. Um, everyone was, like, in good spirits, and I think it helped blow off tension before the grand final, and I think yeah. that was part of it. It was teams that, like, weren't getting to play in the finals anyways. And, like, I think a lot of factors worked for it, but I think it was a big, like, fingers crossed, I hope this works kind of moment. It could have just been just terrible. And now I just so, want more, because the player just yeah, really right? got into it. We were like, all right, I mean, let's meme. Let's, let's have fun. Let's, you know, yeah. knife fight. Let's go. Which, yeah, you had funny situations, too, like, 
uh, Sky's having to play with all Brazilians. Yeah. And just just memeing on everybody, like bragging, like, oh, we're, we're going to win. And like, I don't know, just there was some fun uh, flavor to it, I think, based off the way things worked out, too. So maybe we'll have to craft, craft it carefully this time to make sure that it, it turns out as well. It was fantastic. Uh, getting a question on uh, when DreamHack NA is, and that's June 1st through 3rd is uh, Austin DreamHack. So that'll be those that, that weekend. Uh, so that should be good. I'm not sure. So the, the format of that, too, is um, for anyone who's not, who didn't see the releases and all that, here's the way that the DreamHack uh, Austin is going to work for Rainbow Six. There are currently 12 uh, invite spots for Pro League teams, first come, first serve, that sign up and confirm their spot. So those will go to Pro League teams and possibly if there's spots left over to Challenger League teams. Um, outside of that, there is four spots that will come from the Bring Your Own Computer tournament. So Challenger League teams are welcome into that as well, um, as well as anyone else, any other teams. I mean, if a four team wants to show up and thinks they can compete, go for it. However, there is, I believe, a limit of 16 teams for that as well. So it's first come, first serve. The first 16 teams to sign up and confirm that they are there, I think, maybe on Friday, like they literally have to like say, hey, we're here, like confirming our, our spot. Um, then those first 16 will compete for a chance for those final four spots uh, to fill out the full competition of 16 teams. So I believe that is how it will work. I think they are still looking into um, the proper settings for the rules and how yeah. the game is going to work overall. Um, because there were some complaints, uh, because some admins were deciding what map are going to be played, and I, like small details know. like that, but I'm it felt odd. That, but... It, I mean, I, I'm down too as long as it's done like properly. Like yeah, if you know the game, if you know the match, way ahead of time. Yeah, like it I, needs to be notified like two weeks. Yeah, I'd say if you know, if you know two weeks ahead of time the maps that are mm -hmm. going to be played, I feel like it could actually be a big benefit. But like, I, I don't but, want it to be like, hey, you're gonna be playing plane, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, Please. no. It needs to be needs to be map pool, like the normal map pool for sure. Um, but uh, speaking of maps, uh, we we're seeing some interesting trends in terms of the maps for this season. I, I, uh, like, what? One thing. I wanted to add something more on yeah, the exactly. Millennium One Up game, and maybe Vitality yeah. Two Penta, bathroom and border. Oh, that yeah, worked well. Worked too well. It worked well. I want to see more of it, for sure. I I honestly don't think it was necessarily because it was a great hold. Um, obviously, I I made my opinions known on the broadcast in terms of what I thought was poorly played on that, and obviously we didn't really get to see how that would have worked out. So maybe who knows? Maybe I'm completely wrong and off base. I'm like, oh, you're a gold level player, so you don't know what you're talking about. Maybe I don't, but. Uh, I do know that they didn't really look like they, they put in the right attempts to counter that. Um, the first time was obviously a surprise to them, but the second time it just felt like, mm, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, guys. Uh, I don't know if one up just really didn't know how to play that, weren't prepared for it. Maybe more teams need to prepare for that bomb site just in case, because I don't think there's a ton of different ways to hold it. You're mostly holding it from above. Mostly, but I think yeah. the castle stuff, the castle strats, I mean, obviously threw a big monkey wrench in them, but they had ways to counter it to an extent. Although, as I said during the Pro League broadcast, they did have the limitation that because they brought just the Habana, they were only able to open the wall and then have one X Cairo left. So uh, that not planting when they had the opportunities to was 
a little weird. I yeah, always, he, uh... he waited a long time to do it, that's for sure. But, I mean, he knew that whenever he was trying to plant, he was going to get peaked. But that probably just mean, you know, try yeah. to find some somewhere well, else to did. plant. He still, still did. He still play it, went to plant and got peaked, but they were there to counter it, which they could have yeah. done any time earlier. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Either way, like uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, of course, that it could have gone down anyway. Uh, I would like to see another bomb site that is viable and that works, though. So don't get me wrong. I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit. I would would like to see that work, though. I would like to see customs played more as well, which we did see it played at least once and it, it worked. So I feel like customs just still isn't tried enough. Um, there, there was a lot of, um, well, I say a lot, but more than we're used to of uh, customs back. The season before the Invitational, I think EG played uh, on it. Uh, Penta did play on it too. Yeah, and it. I mean, it kind of got into you know people forgot about it, it just went away. And hopefully we'll get to see it like come back because it's an interesting bomb site. Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to see all four bomb sites viable, and I don't think yeah. that's a huge ask. But Bathroom Tellers is a weird one. Um, if they bring the right operator lineup to counter your setup, I think it's very difficult. Oh yeah, it's definitely not a bomb side you want to have if they know the you're going to go there. You can't, you can't uh, make it a consistent pick. No, because then people could counter, and I think that's part of the reason. Like I said, it worked, and I and and I think also part of the reason you won't see it become part of the meta is because it only works when it's not part of the meta, at least right now. So we'll see. Uh, who knows though? Maybe uh, future operator changes or the like, because we'll get balance changes. Work, maybe we yeah. Might get, we might get some operator reworks even in the DLC because you know they said they're pushing it to those, which to me implies that they still will be doing operator reworks. So there's a chance that who knows maybe the meta uh, in this next season after DLC will be totally conducive to some different bomb sites that we haven't planned for. Who knows maybe something will work out all of a sudden for a kitchen on uh, on Oregon. So like there's there's chances some of the lesser used bomb sites that are just people have tried but never been able to really get to work will finally work. I, I would like to see that, but I honestly have zero idea if that's, that'll be the case. Yeah, well, hopefully we get operators like Mira who made new bombsite viable. Cause that's just great. You know, the more bombsite viable, the best it is. Yeah. We'll see. What, but, new uh, fo- what, was, what? No, no, you go, you go. It, it was still interesting to see like how the, the maps have been shifting over time. I mean, like for mm-hmm. example, still no skyscraper. So <laughs> still no skyscraper. If, You're if, right. <laughs> if, there's, if there's no seeding matches for us to see, then as far as we're concerned, there was zero skyscraper this season, especially if we don't see it at, at finals. And it's like this is the, this is maybe one of the only seasons where we've not seen a map the whole season, like one particular map. And uh, there's nothing terribly wrong with that map. It's just no one wants to play it in this meta at all, which is like it's a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way that. Um, you don't necessarily want to prepare for a map that you're likely to get banned against you anyways and not get to play. So it's like you almost need to do it against a team that always relies on the other team banning Skyscraper and be ready for it. But mm-hmm. it's such a it's such a niche case that it just continues to be the case that, that teams are just going to ban it if the other team doesn't. And uh, and then, But we see this kind of shift back and forth between some of the maps. So like we're talking about some of the more balanced maps, for example, were Bank and Consulate and maybe Cafe. But this week, for example, we saw those three kind of dying out. And then some of the lesser balanced maps like Border and Oregon. Well, Border's been okay, but Oregon definitely not this season, like kind of making more of a comeback. So it's been like kind of up and down. And then Clubhouse, this weird fluctuation in the middle, uh, yeah. which is honestly, I think, a terrible map right now for the current meta. But we still see it, especially Latin America for some reason. And, uh, and so yep. that's been in there. And I'm just uh, throwing it out right now. We're going to see a whole lot more of new Clubhouse, I assume. I hope so. I would love to see that debut 
like I said, at Austin, if uh, if nothing else, like we could use that as a debut kind of land I, where things can be a little bit different. I, th I think they said it's coming out when it's ready, right? So no real. Uh... Yeah, I feel like they almost like implied season eight would have it, but so. it seemed pretty like Please they must have had me. it pretty far along. So just give it to me. Yeah, we need it. We need to. We, we need, need to rotate that uh, the old clubhouse out for sure. Oh, yeah. I would like to see some more rotation changes, like we talked about before. So we won't get too into that. Some previous episodes we've discussed that quite a bit. So hopefully, we'll see the map pool be a little bit different next season because we're gonna have six months of it. So. But I, I do think Border mm -hmm. is one of the most balanced maps. Yeah, I agree with Finn on that. Um, I think Bank and Consulate in its current meta have been very balanced, like Bank especially. Consulate's been, depends on the teams, really. Well, Border is nice because, you know, there's multiple bomb site, and the A and B bomb, more often than not, are both viable option to attack. Sometimes on maps, you'll see, you know, there's a B and an A bomb site. The A bomb site really is the only one you can attack because the B one is just too like deep into enemy territories, so it's really not worth it like to go there. But on border, it's not the case so much. So if you look at armory, you can attack both sides. If you look at vents, there's push for both sides. If you look at bathroom now, you could probably push both sides too. But uh, I mean, we don't we don't have enough bathroom to really make a point about it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you could probably push both sides if you attack from a uh, workshop. And then customs. We've seen people plant, uh, jumping in the window, planting, and we've seen just fatality plant on um, the, the beeper side or passport, coming in from passport. So it's it's a, it's a map that bomb sites are viable, and the bombs in the bomb sites are also viable to attack and defend. So that's great. Yeah. I guess this week at least uh, we had a much closer to 50-50 between attackers and defenders. It was about 51% defenders win according to at least, according to the infographic that was provided. So assuming those stats are correct. Uh, <laughs> why are you telling me 55% attack, Finn? Unless he's talking about uh, bank specifically. Oh yeah, that was bank specifically. Okay, stop trying to mess, mess me up here. So, yeah, 51% overall is what it says. So uh, that's you know, a lot closer, closer to balance this week. Yeah, I mean, but we see some heavy swings back and forth, but it's interesting to see that it's 51% with the maps being more so border and Oregon uh, this week with a little bit of a, you know, coastline in there, which was, which was nice. That was very defensive heavy. Maybe that's helping because that was like 58%. So that's probably helping balance out the numbers a little bit. And that teams were really doing, I guess, a good job in terms of uh, holding uh, kitchen and uh, penthouse a lot. So I don't know. It was pretty good. It was. And uh, you know, Lion is still uh, up there in the pick rate. Game. Yeah, no surprise there. Uh, I mean, just you know, one of those ones you just can't not pick him. I mean, forty nine point five percent this week is well, our, uh, our win rate. So like that's yeah, that's pretty yeah, good. The, the win I rate guess the is not. Point flip, but yeah, the win rate is like fifty. It's you no, know, he's not. It, he's played a lot, but he's not the main factor. Attack wins. Yeah. Crazy. Weird. I mean. Stats are funky things. So. Yeah, for sure. They, I mean, it's numbers. You, you, like we we spoke about earlier, it's it's numbers. You, it's hard to put a number on, like stats, like communication, coordination, timings, and all that. Luckily, stuff. I think uh, at the moment, uh, CGG definitely has the best stats around. So uh, that's that's helpful. At least we get a lot of stats. We just have to try and make sense of what they actually mean. It's the hard mm -hmm. part. And not make hasty conclusion, really. Yeah. 
But either way, like it's uh, it's been an interesting season in terms of regards to Lion. But I think it's also been an interesting season for a lot of other operators, and I think that's something that can easily get forgotten when everyone's focused on Lion. That you know, it's given a lot of different operators time to shine and be played, and you even see like for some reason Thermite making more of a you know comeback this season, I think, than some other seasons. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't have the stats in front of me to compare them, but I feel like Thermite you know is doing fairly well this season, and that's not necessarily a direct direct result of Lion. Um, but it's like more of a tangential thing, I think. So it's, I don't know, the interesting effects on the way people play the meta. And like, it, it's easy to try and draw conclusions on it's because of this or because of that. But it's like each team makes their own decisions their own way. And so we're kind of aggregating all those decisions into pick rates and assuming that they all mean the same thing and that that one number means something. But True. every team does everything for different reasons. So we kind of uh, gloss over, I think, a lot of important details by, by just focusing on stats. Yeah, <clears throat> there's definitely shortcuts being taken there. Explain, you know. Yeah. yeah. Also, mute. Yeah, mute's and... been nice this season. I took, I think mute's always been good, but like he has more. He he counters uh, more things this season. Mute so. is mute's gun is just the best. It's the best. Just put yeah, an ACOG I... on it. I, I heard people like who wanted to put an ACOG on it. Please don't. He's gonna be OP. No, that's something that people were calling for a long time ago because his MP5 is nice and a lot of the people with MP5 MP5 is just good. Rook and Doc, but... MP5K is just the best. Yeah. We've actually seen a fair amount of Rook played because of the... Somewhat because of the ACOG and armor and I imagine hitbox and stuff this season, which has been interesting. Like, he's not like top pick or anything, but it's been more so than I think we are used to seeing him. Yeah, I think people mostly pick him for um, the ACOG. I mean, the the Rush play him a lot. The rook plate really is only useful to deny grenade. You, you don't die from a ACOG grenade with plus it. The, his hitbox, because we see a yeah, lot of uh, the hitboxes. A lot of rook bad. played, uh, like people like slash stuff. A lot of rook being played um, prone feet first, and so his hitbox is already uh, hard to hit his head because of the way his animations are, the way his body build is. It's very easy to hit other parts of his body that don't count as yeah. his face. Yes, I know 3% pick rate is low for Rook, Splick, but that's pretty high for Rook in general, I think. Uh, because, Like I said, because they're using him for these certain sites where they can hold these long angles with the ACOG and not get hit in his head hitbox and then just take a lot of damage. I mean, he's not always laying prone, but I think we've seen that work fairly well. Like from people like Slash playing on CEO and stuff, it's it's been a thing somewhat. And that that brings me a point that whenever you see I see list of you know things that I'd like fixed in Rainbow Six blah 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 and then you see like one two three four five six there's always that one missing that is weird ass animation please yeah. get rid of it because sometimes just being Flash you start to wave that flies around you like that and you're like oh my god I'm Flash and then you just tank headshot with your hands because the bullet gonna go yeah. through your limbs. Which is a problem because a lot of headshots I feel like are being blocked that way. Yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting that the you know there's the issues with the way your body works in in the game. Depending on the animations of your character, you may block more headshots than others. Um, depending on the way your hitbox distorts when you change stances as well, like mm-hmm. it's almost like almost like we haven't gotten down to fighting game level detail yet. Where like in fighting games, you know the exact positions of hitboxes as they transition animations and the frames, and they get super insane with that stuff. And that's like I bet we have like a huge amount of detail as well with that. We just can't see it. Uh, we just can't uh, track it as well, maybe because we're not 
fighting each other the same all the time the same way you are in a fighting game and so there's there's probably a lot of that could be exploited with that in terms of uh how the hitbox works and it makes i think it makes people that plus hit reg makes people feel like there's a lot more rng in the game than there really is and it's not necessarily rng it's just that the complexity of things like hitbox uh pawn rotations trying to to sync up things with ping and hit reg and all that stuff all those factors aren't RNG, they're just so many small variables that can make it seem like you got screwed by something. And just slow, slowing down animation and reducing the amount of animation there is would be, I think, a long way into making the game more um, consistent when it comes to hit reg. Because a lot of time it feels like, you know, you, oh, I got a headshot, but no, there was a hand, the animation was a little bit slowed down, and the game register, you picked a hand even though the hand was not there anymore. And it's just, it feels sloppy. When it's really not, it's just weird animation and the amount of it that's just breaking the game. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there just needs to be a full competitive review of a lot of things that we take for granted in the game, like animations, like things that are in the game for a, a reason that's not competitive. Mm -hmm. And look at look at if there's a way to like keep their original purpose, like, oh, hey, this hand-waving in front of my face thing is trying to convey that I'm blinded so that the opponent can know that I'm blinded or that, like, so it makes sense to others to see that. And maybe there's a way we could convey that same information without screwing up the hitbox or, like, you know, think, or not screwing up the hitbox, but, you know, blocking headshots, which are important at the competitive level, yeah. but also would still make sense at the casual level. And just, like, I don't know, I feel like that maybe, maybe that'll take time, but that's something that this game will have to steadily go through in terms of reviewing. Because you take something like Counter-Strike that's a bit older and has a lot more simplicity to it, doesn't run into those same problems the same way, because this game has a lot more... I mean, this is a company that comes from doing more single-player games, kind of dipping their toes further and further into the competitive space. And so I think there might be stuff that they just uh, take for granted that they don't uh, think about, the assumptions that they make. Um, that need to be adjusted for competitive play. And it's just... Like, I know Ubisoft is saying they want Rainbow Six to be competitive and it's there to stay. But sometimes on a lot of, like, topic, it feels like they're, you know, on the edge of both sides. They're like, we want to be competitive, yeah. but, you know, we don't want to fully go into competitive because reason because the game is called tom clancy's rainbow six and people are used to tom clancy's rainbow six being tactical shooter but it's not it's a competitive online fps just make it a competitive yeah. online fps well i mean the interview with leroy that was out not too long ago definitely highlighted some interesting ways that they make their decisions or the, yeah. the ways they've prioritized stuff like uh it's definitely i think been a learning process for them and i think Oh, They've made sure. some good decisions and some bad decisions and some ones that were like just coming from a different thought process or and there's different designers there and I'm sure they all have their own approaches and that kind of mesh is weird. And I mean so. we're we're talking Ubisoft here. It's a big company that moves yeah. slowly. Sometimes moves every time they make a decision, well. like Rainbow Six, I'm sure was a big bet. They're like, all right, this game is gonna be is gonna fail. Because they're no, they're a, used to ship a yeah. game. Like, you know, you work three years, you ship your game. You work on it maybe a month or two, fix bugs, and just make the community happy, and then move on to the next one. But that's I'm not Rainbow sure Six, and that's a learning. That's a learning experience for them. That's for sure. Yeah. But I think it's working well, and you know it shows that they want to put more time and more money into this. Uh, well, Rainbow Six, wonderful game, I'd call it, even though it's yeah. uh, it's shit sometimes. But you know we we kind of love it anyway. It's like the crazy ex-girlfriend. You kind of liked it, but it's. Yeah. Just there's not really anything else like it, and it's not like it's not like at least they're not 
taking the or they're not taking the, the Blizzard mentality of no. like, oh, let's just release a casual game and then lie later and say it was meant for competitive, like they've done like I don't know every game they've released in like the last five yeah. or six years. Oh, this game's just casual. Don't worry about it. Oh wait, there's money in esports. Never mind. There's tournaments now. Like uh, yeah. so many other games now that have done that and. At least the mentality from this was clearly meant to go towards esports uh, post-release because they started up Pro League like two or three months after the game's release. Mm -hmm. And that's a big gamble on esports if a game isn't meant to be for that. So they, they at least had the right mentality coming out. And yeah, of course, year one was really, really, really bumpy. But it was rough. Like, you got to get that over with. Like just I think it was a hard thing to do, but I think it was one of the best things they could have done to make sure to get it to the place it's at now without those early sacrifices like this game probably wouldn't be this good at the moment i mean they they like it's with all the shit we give them about the game and how it's going and where it's going it came a long way if you look back on season one even the better it came a long way if you look at it today that time and i think season three three is just going to be even better it's there's a lot of stuff for competitive that's coming, and it's good. Just changing yeah. the format, just changing the band phase. You know, they, they put time into it. And it like the band phase is probably not something we'll see in casual or ranked. It's only meant for Pro League, I well, think. Well, he said, I think he said in the interview that like they were planning to eventually bring it to like ranked. Um, I don't know about casual. But, I can't I mean, see them putting a casual. But... And if it's not in ranked instantly, then it means it was made mostly for Pro League, and then they want to, yeah. you know roll it back down to uh, ranked after that, which is great. That means they're putting priority on competitive, which is great. Well, I mean, the nice thing is, like, when you put it in a custom game setting like that, and you do stuff that could be custom game options, it's a nice way to say, like, we're introducing this, but we're not necessarily forcing it on all of you. Um, like, the way it is with that, and tactical realism, for example, is, yeah. is something they've never forced on anyone. Uh, they just introduced it and then put it in custom. I mean, I would like to see them find a way, find maybe a, a version of tactical realism that is like an enhanced version of Pro League without going too far. Because I think, unfortunately, right now, tactical realism, I think, is maybe a little too hardcore. Maybe. Maybe for, for uh, the for game, that. yeah. I don't think the game is meant to be uh, played around tactical realism. Maybe in the future, though, they, they can you find know, a compromise. Community tournament for charity or something. That could be great. Yeah. Make for a laugh. There's going to be a lot of team kill. That's for sure. Maybe, maybe we should try and convince them to do the all-star match on tactical realism. Ooh, that'd be that good. Would be, that would be a lot of TKs. <laughs> that would be a lot of TKs. I'll tell you that yeah. much. I'm sure. But, uh, but yep, I think that pretty much wraps up for today. Yeah. Like I think we went we'll around have... a lot of yeah. stuff for this week. I don't think there was much more than that. I mean, no, we nothing on Latam since we know who's going. I think yeah, that, and yeah. uh, APAC already had decided. So. Yeah, so no game this week. Yeah, but uh, hopefully, you know, by the next weekend, we'll have an idea of more going to the future. If there's anything else exciting happening in terms of like when the DLC release will be, or when the mid-season reinforcements might be, or anything like that, uh, what's going on with all that? Hopefully, might be some news. And then, of course, the Challenger League finals and the seeding matches that mm -hmm. will be happening this week. Yes, we'll have to talk about. So we'll definitely see you guys next Sunday, and then we'll have to try and figure out going forward from there. Uh, if we can consistently do Sundays, uh, I mean, obviously we might not have as much to talk about. So uh, yeah, it's hard to say. Uh, we would like to get some guests though. And I know we've been slow at getting guests wrangled up. So if uh, any of you watching this are someone that would like to be a guest, that makes sense to be a guest on here, definitely hit us up. 
and we try and do that. We might even be able to just do guest shows for the weeks where we don't have matches to talk about so that we can kind yeah. of bring you guys something every Sunday. So uh, hopefully that'll work for everyone, but to enjoy the rest of your Sunday and the rest of the week until we see you guys next weekend. Bye-bye.